Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Rob's video blog. We have a special guest this evening, my cat Stella, who uh, is so excited about what we're about to discuss and talk about that she just fell asleep. So let's dive right in. Uh, so some of you know I had my ACL replaced and my meniscus sewn back together uh, back in May and it is pretty much the middle to end of September and I'm making very good progress. I ran my first mile a couple weeks ago. Um, I've started doing some agility things, back and, uh, side to side motions, uh, sprinting, running backwards, up and down boxes, that sort of thing. So making good progress. Um, so that's, uh, that's good, to, uh, good to report. But one thing that I will say about going to physical therapy, and it's, it, it's, it's funny because when you go to therapy, there are all sorts of people there. There are young people, there are old people, there are middle-aged people. There are people like myself who had an acute trauma and had reconstructive surgery who have a very long road and they're there on crutches and they're getting stim and massage and they're using a reduced gravity treadmill and they're using trampolines and they're meeting with the trainers frequently and their, their exercise regimen gets updated regularly. And then there are some people who are just really, really old and have neck pain and back pain and can barely walk. And so they exercise a little bit doing daily things, you know, walking up and down, standing up and down uh, to get them back in shape to try and take care of themselves and be able to uh, move through life, uh, the remainder of their life um, under their own power. And then there are people who are just kind of there because they're just a little out of shape or they always had a knee or ankle problem or a shoulder problem that bothered them or maybe they're overweight and they have bad uh, ankles now um, and I would say just from my you know guesstimate I would say probably half of the patients um, at my physical therapist's office kind of fall into that category um, and it's kind of it's kind of silly and kind of annoying because I am there I am busting my butt trying to get back physically, trying to build my leg strength up, my coordination to get back to where I was before I tore my ACL and my meniscus. And uh, and then you got somebody in the in the uh, you know the table next to you who's essentially getting similar or the same services, and they're really just there because they're kind of too lazy to exercise on their own, and they're not really trying to get back to a place where they previously were. They're just trying to maintain. They kind of use the therapy office as uh, their own personal gym, um, which is kind of annoying because everybody ends up paying for them to go to their personal gym because their doctor writes them a prescription and their health insurance has to cover it. And as we know, when you use your health insurance, it's a risk pool, everybody pays into it. And uh, the more insurance that people use, the more expensive it gets. So, you know, these people realistically should be just given a prescription to get a gym membership get on the treadmill, ride a bike. Um, you know, I have no problem with these people, you know, occasionally visiting a personal trainer or visiting a physical therapist to get, you know, an update on their uh, progress or an update on their, um, you know, exercise schedule for them to do. But like, do I need to see the same guy, middle-aged, kind of out of shape guy come in there every day and walk on the treadmill for 15 minutes and ride the bike for five minutes and walk up and down a box 10 minutes and pick up a box 20 times it's like it just it's it's kind of annoying when there are people there there are old people there who legitimately need the help and the treatment there are people with acute traumas that literally that really need the help and the treatment and then there's people there who are just kind of too lazy to go to the gym themselves um, so they use up these uh these resources and they make things uh more expensive for everybody else um so while we're on the topic while i'm on the topic of uh 
medical things and uh, and medicine. Uh, so there was this uh, article, this news about this guy Martin Scrivelli, uh, Scrivelli, Martin Scrivelli, um, who apparently was a um, used to be a hedge fund uh, manager who bought a um, pharmaceutical company, uh, Turing Pharmaceuticals, who then apparently bought. Um, the trademark uh, Daraprim or the rights to manufacture Daraprim, which is um, a um, which is an anti-malarial, uh, essentially a uh, anti-parasitic uh, parasite uh, drug. Uh, it's used to treat malaria and mainly malaria and toxoplasmosis, and it's used and uh, most people don't contract toxoplasmosis unless their uh, immune system is already um, compromised. So people who are going through chemotherapy from cancer or AIDS patients or people who have autoimmune uh, problems can also uh, become susceptible to toxoplasmosis. Um, so this guy apparently bought the rights for this and it was like a dollar a pill or something like that. And he decided to jack up the price to like 500 bucks a pill or 750 bucks a pill, something absolutely ridiculous like that. Um, and he gave a bogus justification as to why he was going to do it. And let's all face it, we've seen, you know, you've probably seen photos of him on Twitter, or on Facebook, and you've, I'm sure you've read the articles. I don't know the guy, but it kind of just gives off the vibe that the guy's kind of a jerk. Um, so I'm not going to make a judgment because, again, I don't know the guy, but, you know, everything just stinks really, really bad. Well, good news. Um, after about two days of being pretty much berated with all sorts of negative news and negative attention and negative interviews, um, that he has decided to uh, lower the price. Now, he hasn't said what he's going to lower the price to. Um, I'm assuming it's probably going to be something above what it was previously because he indicates, hey, they weren't making any money on it. And it's very possible they weren't. I would say uh, there's probably pretty decent evidence that they really weren't making very much money on it because they were literally like, one of the very, they were the only manufacturer um, of the drug that supplied it in the United States. There are other manufacturers of the generic um, that supplied it worldwide, but they were the only ones who were allowed to supply it in the United States. Um, uh, the only ones who did supply it in the United States. And the fact that they're the only one making the drug and supplying it in the U.S. kind of tells you that there's really not much of a market there. Um, and if you look at the numbers, the number of people who use the drug um, it's a very small market, so charging you know a dollar a pill, I don't I don't doubt that they probably weren't making any money, or if they were, they were making a tiny bit. So, uh, you know, guys trying to run a business, I sympathize with that. I get it, you know. Um, so, you know, he wanted to raise the prices. Uh, he should have raised it a reasonable price. He obviously went absolutely out of control, um, trying to jack it up to like five hundred or seven fifty or pill or whatever the heck it is. Um, and his justification was really crappy. It was it was it was pretty disingenuous. Uh, but like I said, the good news is after all the media attention and after all the um, the negative feedback that he's gotten, um, they've pretty much forced his hand into lowering the price, um, which is fantastic and is exactly what I want to highlight and bring to everyone's attention because when this happened, there's tons of people calling for, well, you know, the government needs to pass a law that, you know, uh, you know they can't... Uh, Pharmaceutical companies shouldn't be able to gouge people on price and so on and so forth. Well, the simple solution, firstly, to companies that want to price gouge is open the market up to competition. They're the only uh, company that I know of that is able to distribute it within the United States. A quick Google search can tell you that if you want to go online and find the generic of uh, Daraprim online, you can order it from Canada, the UK, Australia, India, New Zealand, all these places and have it shipped here for less than a dollar a pill. I found it for like 13 cents a pill or something like that. Um, so there are other 
competing distributors in the world. They're just not allowed to distribute in the United States because the FDA has laws that says you can't bring certain types of drugs uh, across the border or mail them from other countries to the United States. So realistically, if this guy had not backed down, the solution really is just, okay, well, this guy has a monopoly on distributing this drug in the United States. The real solution is, well, then just open up to them, open it up to market competition. You know, allow these other distributors to, uh, to send the drugs into the United States and the he would immediately have to either drop his price or just stop manufacturing it altogether. Um, so that's the real solution. The, uh, the, the, the solution that the government should pass a law X, Y, and Z. It's cumbersome um, uh, from, from a um, effective standpoint. It wouldn't be effective because let's be honest, let's be honest. Who lobbies and owns the government? Big business, bankers, and big pharmacy, right? So who is to, you know, it seems silly to think that the government who literally just passed Obamacare, which essentially guarantees the insurance companies business, um, you know, these insurance companies and the drug companies, I mean, the, the government's in their back pocket. So it seems kind of silly to think that the government would then pass a law that's going to negatively, uh, you know, affect these, uh, affect these drug companies. I just, I just don't see it happening. And realistically, you know, in a voluntary society, the way we do deal, deal with this sort of thing is exactly what happened, is you direct the negative media attention to him. And, it's got, and it got so bad that the other people that invested with him, his investors and his company, I'm sure went to him and said, hey, you better, you, you better lower the price and you better put out a PR statement you know, repairing uh, the reputation of this company because nobody's gonna do business with us and we have money invested. We don't want you blowing it because you're being an arrogant turd trying to rip people off. So um, it's a big, big win. Um, I'm really glad to see it by and large because a lot of the times uh, the media to me is very toxic. They, uh, they're disingenuous in the reporting. Most of the reporting is not fact-based. Um, so this is one case where, um, you know, they did a good job bringing to light um, and injustice, something that probably was not not appropriate, um, and it's being rectified. It's being rectified um, in a voluntary manner, uh, without uh, without coercion. So, uh, so that's good, and it's extraordinarily effective. Uh, ostracism and public opinion, um, and uh, you know, damaging a person's reputation based on their um, arrogant and silly uh, actions is really, really an effective way. Uh, is a really, really good way to affect change within society as a whole. So I'm glad to see that the media was able to do that. With that being said, I gotta throw in a little tweak because I can't stand the mainstream media to begin with. When I opened up my browser, um, I think it was maybe yesterday or two days ago, thing pops up like, you know, uh, drug company jacks price up for cancer and AIDS pills. It's like, okay, well, you know, Obviously, they're doing it as clickbait. I get it, they're supposed to get headlines, but let's be clear about something, okay, yes. Yes, cancer patients use it. Yes, AIDS patients do it. But it's not like um, this is like a cancer-treating drug or an AIDS-treating drug. It's not like everybody who has cancer, everybody who has AIDS is now going to be affected. It's a very, very small percentage of people who have AIDS or are being treated for cancer need this drug to treat toxoplasmosis um, and malaria. So um, I just, I, I don't like the sensationalizing of, of the facts. And in this case, you didn't need to sensationalize the facts. The facts were enough to compel people to be outraged and to force this guy uh, to lower the prices and do, uh, and do the right thing. So come on, mainstream media, you're better than that. You can do better than that. Um, you, don't, you, you don't need to uh, resort to uh, crappy journalism uh, to actually sell an article and get people to click on it. So uh, let's clean that up a little bit. Um, that's it for now. Thanks for watching and I'll see you guys next time.